0: It was three spirits. It was her, and she was really huge. I'd never seen or experienced any spirit that was so big and great like that before. Like, she would tower over me. And then there were two younger male spirits that buzzed around the room constantly.
1: This is Your Magic, a Spotify original from Parcast Studios and Your Magic Media. I'm Michelle T. On part one of today's show, we have singer, songwriter, and spirit seer Elle King with some stories to share about her own familial magic, her psychic intuition, and having a ghost muse. After that, we hear from my mom, Teresa Tomasek about her memories of my clairvoyant grandmother's number one intuitive gambling tool, her lucky number dream book. And we'll end by sending you off with an inspired recipe for an enchanted and poetic sleep. Stay with us. I'm wondering about the difference between superstition and witchcraft. Like, what's an old wives' tale? What's a spell? How is a lucky charm different than a talisman? Here's a case in point. When I turned 18 years old, a very serious tradition was bestowed upon me by the women in my family. I'd reached a coming of age. I was ready for my initiation. They took me to a church basement. It was all women in there, mostly older women, elders. Each had assembled an altar of sorts before her, little dolls, photos you know pressed flowers coins rosary beads and between each woman and her little altar there were sheets of paper stamped with rows and rows of numbers the air was filled with smoke the mood was tense very anticipatory as we waited for the ritual to begin i'm talking about bingo the women in my family were nuts about bingo To this day, you know, I aspire to arrange my own altar with items as fiercely charged as the very simple things a woman brings to charm her bingo game. They practically vibrated with intention. How is this not witchcraft? I got so hooked on bingo that first night, and I won. I got to call bingo. And then the very strong occult energy in the room was immediately directed towards hexing me as tables of elder women spat shit and otherwise grumbled and glared at me. You're lucky, my grandmother said, a benediction. Since then, I've won lots more bingo games, so maybe my grandmother was right. Always I have my own little makeshift altar, my concert tickets and rocks and broken jewelry and pictures. I had been mentored not only in the rules of the game, but how to prep for the game spiritually, how to conjure luck from knickknacks properly charged with the desperate electric energy of bingo. Today on Your Magic, we're going to talk to musician El King about her own familial lineage of intuition, as well as astrology, visions, and spirits. Here's El King. Hi, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. What's your astrological sign? I'm Cancer. I'm
0: double moon Cancer with Gemini rising. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm I'm insane.
1: I'm very emotional. And I don't like to leave my house. You totally have Gemini rising because you have such great style. But rising is how you appear to other people. And Geminis are pretty stylish. Hmm. As are you.
0: Oh, thank you. You're very okay. welcome. Okay, cool. That's my Gemini. <laughs>
1: great. It sounds really like a perfect balance for a performer, though. Because you have – your music is so soulful. Thank right? you. You're yeah. welcome. And – that is very cancery, right, yeah. to, to have access to those deep emotions. Totally. And then maybe without your Gemini rising, you'd just be, like, sitting in, on your front porch for your whole life with your banjo, just like, yeah. you know. Which would be cool, but sure. I'd probably get bored. Yeah. Your Gemini lets you be like, hey, yeah. go out into the world with it and be a performer as well as a creator. Totally. Um, can you talk about your weird experience that you had that pushed you towards uh, wanting to seek a more defined spiritual path?
0: Well, I've always had a—I mean— Like, throughout my life, I've always had weird experiences. Like, things Uh wake me up at night. Um, And then I was going through a really rough time, and I was making uh, my last record in Texas. I would stay up all night, and everybody would sleep in the house. And I didn't sleep. I just—I couldn't sleep at the time. And so I don't know how much of it was just, like, me being crazy and insane or how much of it was my mind or how much of it really was, like, some other thing bigger than me, but— there was, like, this spirit there that I communicated with, like, the whole time that I was in Texas, who basically would, like, kind of give me ideas really? for music. It was, But she was really, like, tough and would kind of yell at me. It was weird. It was a really weird, insane experience. And I'm, I'm not the only one who's who kind of saw her or felt uh-huh. her. Two other people there um, kind of went through some of the same experiences with me. So it was just really strange, and it kind of shoved me into this... I don't know. I just wanted to like find things out and I got kind of obsessed with like ghosts and spirits Uh and what's around me and I don't
1: know. So you had a ghost muse. Kind of, yeah. very cool. Yeah. It sounds like you forged a relationship with this spirit and that it really fed your art. And I'm wondering like what what is that like to then not be around? Is it like a friend that you... I felt her. Uh Uh-huh.
0: I felt her um, in other times and it was It was three spirits. It was her, and she was really huge. I'd never seen or experienced any spirit that was so big and great like that before. Like, she would tower over me. And then there were two, um, like, younger male spirits that, like, buzzed around the room constantly. And I don't know. I have felt them. Um, I I know that there's a spirit in my house now. And I I don't know. I just—I don't see things— the way that I used to see them, I I don't know. Like, everything has changed. Yeah. So hearing you talk about it, it sounds like you can feel them and see them? I see them. I, I don't hear them. Um, I'll get an—I'll, like, see them in, like, this, like, kind of, like, gas sort of, like, looking flame. Um, and then I'll either see, like, a picture in my mind— Okay, I'll tell you one story that's different from Texas, but okay. I, I must have been 23 or 24 and um I I was dating a guy here in California and um I had I knew that uh, some of his family members had passed away. And uh but he was very very secretive and private and never like shared anything with me. And then um I had told him that some I'd had some like weird experiences and stuff and uh one night I was woken up by this man clapping over me. I look up and I see him and I I, I know that it's his dad. And uh, he shows me a spinning car. And then he shows me like he pulls like a, a, a rabbit out of like a top hat, like uh-huh. showing me like magic tricks. So I like write down magic tricks. And then he points behind, he, he points at me. And so I look behind me, I can see a memory of him pulling my ex-boyfriend and his two sisters around on, like, um, like a blanket on hardwood floors. Uh-huh. I woke him up. And I said, hey, like, um, your family's here. Oh and he God. was like, uh, okay. I was like, I just thought maybe you'd want to know. And he was like, OK, <laughs> like went back to sleep. So I, I couldn't sleep. I went for a run and I called my mom and, and my mom knows like about all this stuff. My mom has other really intense, like intuitive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, you know what, baby, just go back to the house. Just read them what you wrote down. Just, mm-hmm. just tell them what they showed you. And I was like – I came back home and I was like just mortified, just so embarrassed that like I told him that that happened and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and I was like, do you want to know like what I wrote down? And he was like, well, sure, yeah. Like I'm curious. Also like you're a crazy person. And uh, and I showed him everything and I said – well, he woke me up by clapping and he said – well, he was the – Captain of the, I mean the the coach of the football team, and everyone knew that you could hear his clap really loudly through like helmets or like anything out in the field. He was just known for clapping really, really loudly. Um, he had a heart attack in his car, which I never knew how he died. Um, to get the kids to settle down for dinner, he would do magic tricks for them. And then I told him about the memory, and he was like, "Yeah, my dad used to do that." And so, like from that experience, I. Um, I don't, like, judge it or think too hard. I just, like, write down, like, if this happens, I write down what they show me and,
1: you know, deliver a message to somebody. What a gift. Do you have any ideas or philosophies about who or what these spirits are? Like, do you think that they're souls that have passed over or do you think that they're um, entities like angels or aliens or, you know, other, other beings? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, it's kind of all, All of them, you think, right? I mean, I
0: I believe that there's a great spirit that it's – I don't necessarily believe that it's a a man with a long white beard. I think Uh it's something that we can't see or know or comprehend, Uh but it's bigger than us. And I believe in that, and it makes me feel good to know that. Mm -hmm. But I I also believe because I've had these experiences that, like, there are things around us constantly, and we can shut them off totally, and we can pretend like they don't exist, and that's fine. You can Uh totally get through life fine that way. But I think that there's beauty in – tapping into it. I mean, if you're able and there's so many, even if you don't see things or hear things or dream things like I have, mm-hmm. like there are so many ways to tap into it, like tarot cards or just meditation, which I can't do. I can't sit still. But there's, you know, all kinds of different things. prayer, everything. I don't know, whatever. I don't really pray, but I have. So you said your mom sort of has s- similar abilities? I don't know. She and I are connected. I, I had an, an experience where I Um, Got really sick and ended up in the hospital and didn't tell my mom. And my mom said that some big spirit, like, she woke up and started screaming and kicking because there was this, like, big black spirit over her. And it left her, and she followed it, and it went into my bedroom, and she opened it, and (laughs) she said that it smelled like death. And I almost died that night, and she called me and and didn't know where I was. So it's, like, a weird, like, connection thing between Uh Myself, my mother, and before my grandmother died, her as well. Okay. Do you
1: feel like you're a witch and do you feel like the women in your family also have a sort of gift that has been passed down from you guys? I don't know if I would
0: consider it witchy Uh um, because I'd probably get smacked if I ever said that around Mm, my grandmother. That's a loaded word, yeah. Um, But do I think that, like— There's something magical in, like, the hills of where my family comes from Uh um, that's passed down from the women. Yeah, totally.
1: Do you have an issue or something you'd like some clarity or insight on, a problem you need solving that we can uh, address the tarot? I, I'm, I'm
0: wondering if I should move and sell my house and just bite the bullet and just do it. It's been a whole thing. Um, and, you know, where I should move
1: to or if I should stay. So where are you located right now? I live here in Los Angeles. Okay. Do you have ideas of where you would maybe like to live instead?
0: I said that I would spend time in Nashville because half my band um, and they're all my best friends and like my management, and everyone that I love now lives in Nashville. Cool. However, I used to live in Nashville, Mm -hmm. and it was a pretty rough year. Things are different, but Mm -hmm. I I feel like I don't want to be, like, taking steps backwards when I – I don't know. I have this issue of, like, wanting to move to a city that I love a lot, and then it takes the excitement out of visiting there. I would like to eventually live in New Mexico, but I don't know how practical that is for my job right now. Mm -hmm and um my house i feel like i'm like drowning under my house it's just so many problems oh.
1: yeah so it's I, kind yeah. of a drag to own a house yeah so you're considering nashville even though you have some concerns because of uh the past yeah. um you're it sounds like you're considering new mexico a little I like, there's to live there's a in dream new mexico. that's a dream yeah. okay are there is there like a third spot or are those the two places you're oh my goodness either i'll end up in like joshua tree or or i'll end up in new mexico okay So Joshua Tree is a possibility. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then, of course, remaining here, being murdered by your house is an option. That's one option, yeah. All right. So to start, why don't you shuffle these cards and ask the cards, what does it look like for you to move to Nashville? Um, Acknowledging that you had a hard time there in the past, but also acknowledging that you're a different person and it's a different time. You have community there. You have people there. It's a cool town. Now, shuffle and ask, what does it look like if you do move to New Mexico? Even though it might feel a little like, oh, is that that practical? Or, you know, do I want to live in my happy space or do I want to save my happy space as my escape route? You know, what would it look to be like? No, I'm going to go live in this magical New Mexico place. I've only been in New Mexico twice. I had a lot of fun. That's like 90 Day Fiance for moving. Yes, I know, (laughs) but I'm crazy like that. All right. And Joshua Tree. You're wondering about not yeah, too far from where we are here in LA. Go and home to the desert. Yeah. yeah, a closer, more familiar desert. And then we will do one last. For what does it look like for you just to stay here in LA and see it through for a bit longer? Maybe not forever, but for stick now, stick it out. Stick That's it out. I stay
2: here.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. So Nashville. What does Nashville look like? Sorrow card. Three of swords. Great. Then Dominion card. Oh, two of wands. And then the Prince of Discs. This is interesting. Um, I think that what you're saying about your past there and the way that that um, you kind of hold that city in your psyche is really real. I mean, like, I wonder, I don't know how harsh that was for you, if it's to the extent that you are carrying a little PTSD about that era that would get triggered. I, yeah, I went through the pretty big trauma there. Really? Yeah. 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 It, it, looks, it looks significant. It looks like it's not something that is going to, you can't really shrug off. Yeah. Um, that said, you do have the Dominion card next to you. And the Dominion card, two of wands, um, it's, you know, it's Mars and Aries and it's all about taking control and being like, no, you know, so like I'm in charge of my life, like I'm in charge of my energy. If you do want to do this, there's a way into Nashville that is affirming and cool and fun. But it's through recognizing and dealing with whatever this trauma is because that trauma is going to come with you. So it's like, yeah. And your final card here is the Prince of Discs. And he is a very practical card. He's hardworking and he's slow. So it's sort of like... It makes me think of you know when there's a when there's a real trauma that we need to deal with that like lives in our bodies and lives in our psyches. It's a slow process. Like we can't just like phone in a therapy session and be like I'm better, you know. So it's like it requires a bit of commitment. And the Prince of Discs is committed. Like he's slow going, but like look at that little bull that's pulling his chariot. Like that bull is not going to stop until you know it, it hits you know its victory. So it looks like really if if you're going to move to Nashville. You're also moving into an era of your life when you are proactively handling whatever this is. Well, at least we're starting off light. <laughs> it's true. I mean, the tarot, the tarot will tell us what we need to hear all the time. Yeah. Um. And it's yeah. And it's often it it does really hit. Um. It hits our our spots where we're carrying heavy emotions and where we've had peak experiences and peak experiences aren't always fun and games. You know, the experiences that shape us are often experiences that were really hard, hard to go through. Let's look at New Mexico. We have the two of discs, which is works, four of discs, which is power, and the fool, dare you? dare you move to a place you've only visited twice but like lives in your <laughs> mind as like your dream landscape it looks like it would take some work for you to do it um you know the three the three of disks card is called works and it's about really putting the pedal to the metal and applying yourself it's another mars card it's mars in capricorn and um It's interesting because Capricorn is like all business and just thinking of you also as a business lady and you having said it's maybe not the most practical place for you to live regarding your career. It does look like you'd have to work that out, but it absolutely looks like it's workable. You could do it. And – You move from Mars in Capricorn to this power card, which is sun in Capricorn. So I I absolutely believe that this is saying that it would not affect your career in any negative way to move there. And the fool card is like a new beginning, following, like chasing a dream. That It's the kind of dreams that people are like, you're a fool. And you're like, you don't know anything. I am following my bliss right now. And so – I mean, the full card is kind of my favorite card in the deck. Hmm. I, I tend to listen to it when it pops up because it's really pushing us to take the risks that we really want to take in our heart. It's a high-risk card, but it's it pays off. It's really beautiful. Wow. Okay, let's look at you staying here in L.A. in the house that you don't seem to like. Um, you could do it. Doesn't actually doesn't look bad. You have the nine of wands. It is saying it's gonna it would take you buckling down. Like it would take you summoning some sort of inner strength to be like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, you know. Um you do have next to you the chariot, which is about it's you know, the chariot is like you're taking on something when the chariot comes comes up. It's like it's a it's an undertaking and you're like going, you're like committed to it and you're gonna do it. It's the cancer card. Um, so it is about home. You know, um, in in this particular illustration, the man uh, driving or the figure driving the chariot who's wearing armor, we can't really see what they look like. They're so protected. Um, so it's kind of a situation you might need to protect yourself from a little bit. They're holding like a bowl of, of blood and it's supposed to be speak towards a sacrifice that needs to be made in order for you to get what you want. So it Ugh. seems like... Yeah, I mean, you're signing up to to what you know is going to be kind of a rough road. But what I think this is saying is that it's in you to do it. However, you end with another queen, not the Queen of Swords, who is so clear-headed up in the sky, but the Queen of Cups, who is very not clear-headed. She's very emotional. You can't even see her face in this illustration. She's so obscured by fog and steam. It, it, It looks like, you know, you can do this... This is telling you a little bit I think what you already know. You can do this. It's, it would take a lot of effort for you and it, you have a lot of emotions. Like are you somebody who gets very unsettled if their how ha- if their ha- living situation is is sort of messed up? I'll leave a house and never return to that city. Really? Yeah. It's very extreme for you. It's very it feels really important. I'm a very
0: extreme person. <laughs> yeah. I left my apartment in New York and I said, oh, "I'm I'm never going back there ever again." And I had somebody pack it up, and that's how I moved to L.A. I rented a house without seeing it.
1: Oh, my God. I love that you did that. Um, You know, you don't don't necessarily want to do it again here. (laughs) No, no. I'm trying to slow
0: down. I've never finished a lease anywhere, and now I own this house. I've lived there for almost two years.
1: Okay. Is that the longest you've ever lived in a place as an adult? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we have Joshua Tree. Ooh, the Aeon. The sun and the queen of swords. Okay, forget everything I said about New Mexico. Joshua Tree is like your more practical New Mexico. It's like your, yeah, this is beautiful. Um, The Anne card is about a new beginning. It's like, if you look, there's the illustration of the goddess Nut who's the Egyptian goddess of the sky. And so she's forming a sort of doorway and is inviting you to walk through this cosmic doorway into the next era of your life. It's really a powerful card. And um, when it comes up in readings, I always take it as a very cosmic yes. It's like, I don't quite know what I'm doing, but I'm going to trust my gut here. I I know I'm going to be able to figure it out. I really want to change my life. I really want to take this turn and uh, move to Joshua Tree. Okay, so your next card is the sun, which like is the most beautiful, happy, joyous, celebratory card in the tarot. It's lovely. It's a big yes. And um, the Queen of Swords is a really interesting card. She's a queen, which is cool. Swords represent the mind and mental uh, processes. So when the Queen of Swords comes up, you know, especially in this illustration, she's sitting on a cloud above the earth looking down with her sword drawn in one hand and in her other hand, a severed head, not to be grizzly. Um... What it's talking about is like being kind of detached from your life, getting a little bit of perspective, being able to look down and do what you need to do, cut away what needs to be cut away in order for you to have the life that you want. So I feel like this is a total helper to you saying like, pull back. What do you need to do to get out of your house that you're in right now? What do you need to do to cut away so that you can make a new move to Joshua Tree and like set up a new life in Joshua Tree? Um, It's going to take some figuring out and some processing, but, like, you absolutely have the power to do it. And there's another read on this card where that's not a severed head in her hand. It's a mask. And there's a read on this card that says that um, when she comes up, she's also helping you um, get more real about who you are. You know, you're taking masks away. So there might be something about moving to Joshua Tree where you feel like you are able to connect more deeply with your authentic self. I do. I go there, and I stay there for, like, a couple weeks and don't see anybody and just— play music and
0: look for rocks and sit in the sun.
1: Sounds so dreamy. It's pretty great. I mean, this could be your life, El King. It doesn't have to be a vacation. I say go to Joshua Tree. Okay, cool. Yeah. Pretty clear there. It's it's your destiny. It is. Dare I say. Man, I want to move to the desert. That sounds very cool. I really loved El talking about this magical energy being passed down through family lines. I happen to have a very witchy woman in my lineage, my maternal grandmother, Phyllis Mansfield. Her place and time really kept her from owning her psychic gifts and identifying as a witchy person, but it didn't stop her from trying to make a buck off of her prophetic dreams. And with that, she had the help of her lucky number dream book.
2: It was a, a very thin book, probably, oh, I don't know, less than 50 pages or less in a comic book style, uh, reminiscent of the 40s. It was an old, old book. And I think it had like a little witch on it or something. It was white and blue, and I think it had some black lettering on it. It had every month of the year, and all the dates to those months. And each date had a number assigned to it. 37. And she would play those numbers on those days. It also had an alphabetized dream book. It was a dream book. And anything that she would dream, and she remembered her dreams very, very clearly, very vividly. And she would look up what she dreamt of, and there'd be a number beside it, and she would play the number with the bookie. This was before lotteries. This particular man was elderly. He was an older man, and people would give him money and their number, and the number had to do with, I believe, the racetrack, certain numbers that would come out, that's how they would get a payoff. But I remember a few times, one time she dreamt of blood, and she looked up the the number for blood and she played it, and it didn't come out, and then she thought, hmm, I should have researched that a little further, so she looked up red, and that was the number. She was working in a small department store in our downtown. She probably could have been a millionaire, but she never played a lot of money. She nickeled and dimed it, but she dreamt that she was late for work. And when she woke up, she wasn't, but she went into work and told everybody. When I looked at the clock, you know, it was right, but I kept dreaming it was 9.15. Oh, everybody, everybody in the store played the 9.15. And this was like nine o'clock in the morning and it come out at one in the afternoon. <laughs> So, so she hit on that dream. They all hit too. whole store. She just liked numbers and dreams. She was just really into her dreams, that the dreams had a meaning and they had a number that could make you rich.
1: <laughs> that was my mom, Teresa Tomasek, sharing some memories about her own witchy mother and her prophetic and sometimes profitable dreams. And as cool as it is to have wild dreams that foretell the future, mostly we want our dream time to be peaceful and restorative and deep. Here is Suheili Bautista-Carolina with a sleep spell for just such a slumber.
3: Peace. My name is Suheili Bautista-Carolina of Moon Mother Apothecary. And today I'm sharing with you a sleep spell poem that I wrote inspired by Jacqueline Woodson's book, Brown Girl Dreaming. Darkness like a cape that we wear, moving in the shadows, welcoming mystery, revealing myself to me. Sweetness like honey between my fingertips, savoring sleep, remembering our bodies are so deserving. Interwoven like the dance of the sun and the moon, Reminding us that we are made of star stuff, celestial and beyond. Dreaming our shared horizon among the stars, wishing, affirming our fantasies come true.
1: It's cool to remember that every single night we face the unknown. We slip into the mystery. We let our subconscious, the place where intuition and magic reside, steer the ship. We wish you some inspired daydreams and some soothing night dreams, and that all your heart's desires come true. Thanks for tuning into Your Magic. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Your Magic. Subscribe to us here on Spotify so you never miss an episode. Sign up for our newsletter at thisisyourmagic.com for more musings from our team of spiritual seekers. You can email us at hello at thisisyourmagic.com. We would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Molly Elizalde, Tony Gannon, and Christine Marr. We got production support from Veronica Agard, Vera Blossom, and Raven Yamamoto. Our executive producers are Ben Cooley, myself, and Molly Elizalde. Our original theme music is by John Kimbrough. Join us next week for a conversation with Roxanne
3: Gay. Thanks for listening.